0: Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Louise Robbins, and I would like to introduce James Creighton Mitchell Jr., running for Alder from District 17. As we begin, please tell our viewers a bit about how your educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for the position and why you decided to run for Alder.
1: My wife and I were married in 2010. We had both raised our families. My first wife had passed away in 2005 with breast cancer. So she has a house up here in Madison, I have a house in Lindenhurst, Illinois. And the market for homes is terrible down in Illinois. But anyway, so came up here for Christmas and I wound up injuring my back and I thought, maybe I ought to do something I looked and I saw that there was the city council races, and I realized that her alder candidate was unchallenged. I've held a variety of uh, elected and appointed positions down in Illinois, and I thought that was wrong that an important position like this should go unchallenged. So I found out how to file my paperwork. I did. It was a friendly experience, similar to Illinois, but not as contentious, where here it was encouraging. In Illinois, they used the... uh, process to bump people off the ballot. So I found that encouraging. I am, as I tell people, a homeless political veteran and veteran in terms of a military person, but also politically, I'm a conservative down in Illinois Republican and they're in shambles. And I saw an opportunity to come up here and perhaps be able to make a difference in the election process. I have had a variety of elected and appointed positions in Illinois, Republican precinct committeeman, township trustee, Mosquito abatement District Commissioner, uh, Drainage District President, twice on the Lake County Board, which is the third largest county in Illinois, and at the same time, also in the Forest Preserve District. And when I lost my last uh, primary battle in 1990 for the Lake County Board, I moved up to Lindenhurst, And I saw that the library trustee, who was the president at the time, was also running unchallenged and was using library material to promote his candidacy. Well, I knew politically that was wrong. I challenged him and was successful by 48 votes, ran into some problems with the director because she didn't understand the laws. And then I ran for the regional school board and was successful there for several terms. So I have been active in local government politics since approximately 1976 to 2005, the year that my wife passed away.
0: Madison's efforts to address chronic homelessness have appeared to fall short, especially with regard to providing sufficient support systems for a housing-first approach. What ideas do you have that might create greater success for projects such as the one on Tree Lane?
1: You know, funding is, a, is always a problem. Um, I think in terms of giving preference, veterans ought to have the preference. I think it's kind of wrong that we need to look to the federal government for any kind of grants because the federal government is an unstable partner regardless of which party is in power. Uh, the next best hope is, is the state. I think that there are public-private partnerships that might work, and so you have to take a look at everything. But when we have refugee resettlement programs, and I saw in the news that there was somebody from the Lutheran program and said that they were having a hard time finding housing for people that they were bringing in from overseas. I mean, why are they getting preference vis-a-vis federal laws and our veterans aren't being taken care of? So clearly that would be one area that I would push back. Not that I'm against immigration, but that's a treaty arrangement, different in terms of immigration issues. The Madison Police
0: Department has been faulted for not having appropriate policies and training around de-escalation and use of force, especially with regard to people of color. What is your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison Police operate in our community?
1: I think every opportunity to take a look at how police interact in every situation, need to review. Down in Illinois, Chicago has a consent decree between the ACLU and the police department. What the ACLU cannot do, and these consent decrees cannot do, is the individual who is the perpetrator of the crime. Police don't necessarily go around looking for somebody to arrest, but they get called to a situation and they have to respond to it. There are stupid people out there on both sides of the law, and I don't think we should tolerate police officers who act stupidly. They don't, that they turn off their body camera, they overreact. But one of the things that I see that's difficult, and, and I'm not sure how yet to address it, as I get older, I have hard of hearing. And so if police come upon a situation and they're yelling at people, those people that they're trying to communicate with aren't necessarily able to understand what they're saying. I think we need to change that. I think we need to have a better understanding how to deal with people who have either emotional problems or psychological problems in terms of the de-escalation process. But realizing that things can turn bad for a policeman in a heartbeat, they have to be very cautious, and I have no problem with them acting proactively. But I think there's some other technologies that I've seen now. Instead of a stun gun, they have devices that will immobilize people. I think those are things we ought to put in first line, along with the safety vest that they have.
0: There is a perception that Madison's story is a tale of two cities, one in which people of color are less likely to experience success. What can be done to ensure that Madison is a community in which all people can thrive?
1: I think the minority communities have got to understand that you do not need to be beholden to any political party for empowerment. I think you have to look upon yourself for empowerment, whether it's through the churches or whether it's through family organizations or other social organizations. Those organizations ought to be promoting empowerment, not dependent upon a political system to get ahead.
0: What issue have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district and how would you approach tackling it?
1: Clearly taxes are one of the things. I mean, it's taxes are everywhere. I don't believe that governments need to tax their cells their out of problems. For example, I've been a non-smoker all my life. It's ludicrous to think that a government agency, state, federal, local, wants to put a tax on cigarettes, and yet it's a harmful product. More needs to be done to promote the overall health of the citizens. And so I would say, let's stop selling cigarettes. That's not saying stop smoking. That's an individual choice. But we don't need to pile taxes upon taxes to tax our way out of problems. I think we need to take a look and see which programs we can cut back and begin to save money that way. And then it may be easier to encourage businesses to stay or come here.
0: The relationship between the council and the mayor appears at times to be contentious. Is this a problem? And if so, how would you improve the relationship?
1: Because I'm new to some of this, you'd have to understand some of the contentiousness. I don't understand, for example, a news article I saw last night on Cottage Grove Avenue, and I can't remember whether it was a city road or a county road. But if somebody's driving down the street and I got a snowplow, That's a no-brainer. It should not be an issue of egos to plow a road. And there are other areas, whether it's stormwater management, the well, or some other things that you have to take a look at, and the people have got to come first, not the ego of the politicians. And so I think we need to find some way to politely rein that in and say, hey, people first, not, not elected officials. What changes, if any,
0: should be made in how the city approaches major projects such as the Judge Doyle Square and the public market?
1: Clearly you need to identify who the stakeholders are. And I know politically you can put things to committee and and bury them. Committees can be stacked either pro or con. And the way I would approach this is There may be two different points of view for this particular issue. So let the people who want pro meet and come up with their solutions. Let the people who are doing con come up with their set of solutions and then merge these into report, not have them fight on the committee discussion to push back and forth. Let both points come up and then give the people the opportunity to choose whether they want pro or con or a mix of both to come up with a final solution.
0: What council committees do you want to serve on and why?
1: I'd like to be council president. (laughs) Yeah, that's smug in it. But you know what? I'm a newcomer. I don't come in with any baggage other than wanting to do a good job. I'm in my political area kind of things, what's considered a WASP white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I'm proud of it, and I'm proud of anybody else who has whatever label that somebody wants to put on them. I believe in openness. I believe that families, husband and wife, are the solution. I believe involvement in some kind of a religious institution is important because you get your values there. And so I believe I can open up the opportunity for dialogue without pushing this button or that button to either prevent or promote somebody individually. I think it's important that all sides have an opportunity to speak so we can hear what the facts are and get at the facts and come up with solutions based upon those facts. And I think I can come in and be unbiased. And that's why I'd like to run and become the chairman of the council.
0: What would you like to say to the viewing audience as
1: we complete the interview? I think Madison and the state of Wisconsin has a unique opportunity coming into the 2020 presidential election. With what little research I've done, the Wisconsin experiment back in the early 1900s talked about Wisconsin's involvement in progressive politics. And when you take a look historically, it was Republican. La Follette did not want to be corrupted. And so he started a movement to try and correct a lot of problems. There were significant women's rights issues. Women brought the public vote for women to have the right to vote. There were great land set-asides, breaking up of the corporations and the corruption. That's what I would like to resurrect for Madison and Wisconsin and the rest of the United States and provide the leadership role that there is a better way of making America and our respective communities better places.
0: I want to thank James Creighton Mitchell Jr. for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. Please vote in this and every election. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.